The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome to the Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm joined by Jerry Kuraya. And uh, the week that was, Jerry, we had a great week of gold being over $2,000 an ounce. Uh, peaked our head above it a few times until uh, this week, but definitely great confirmation on gold. Silver had a great week as well. What were the, what were the final numbers? Yeah, we had a great week in silver. Silver was up uh, on the week, uh, a really solid 5%, and a gold uh, approximately 25 um, 2.5%, so a very good strong week. Gold hovering and holding the $2,000 mark. Resistance, as I discussed over the course of the last two weeks, has been 2040. Once that 2040, $2,040 an ounce breaks, I think gold will have another stellar run, probably aiming towards 2100. The big eye is on the US dollar index hovering around 101. So um, the big data piece was uh, was going to be the jobs data tomorrow. That can provide some more direction for gold and silver going forward into the next week. Uh, this week, we had very poor numbers out of the U.S. Jolt's number came in under estimates, which suggests that the Fed could be further uh, justified to cut interest rates or halt interest rates. That put pressure downwards on the U.S. dollar, thus pushing up and supporting uh, the gold and silver space. So that's on the technical side of things. We're watching the 2040 mark, silver uh, resting around $25 a mark. So we're looking at about 30, 40 cent jump ups in silver, but heavily supported. We really have a lot of things supporting the silver prices right now. Sentiment is really positive on gold and silver, and sentiment is just sour across the board with everything else, Jeremy. Yeah, definitely a great week in the metals. We're going to get into the fundamentals, get into the supply demand, which is very important. But Jerry, I really wanted to start off with confirmation of something that you and I have been discussing, specifically something that you have brought to the table, which is about the Federal Reserve losing money. Now, we know that the BRICs are making massive, massive moves. It seems that every day they're making some sort of negotiation, some sort of play uh, to de-dollarize. That is headline news. Um, that's something that, that was discussed this week uh, by Trump. It's starting to be discussed in mainstream media, this idea of dollar de- um, de-dollarization. But first... Mm-hmm. But first, let's talk about Judy Shelton. This is someone we've talked about before. She was up for being part of the Federal Reserve Board. I don't think she was accepted, uh, probably because of her views on, on physical gold, which would have been great because every almost every central bank around the world is buying gold. And there's a good reason for that. And we'll get into that a little bit later with bricks. But first, let me read. I think she'd be very popular now, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. I think so. So let, let me just read the, this tweet, and then we can, we can jump into it, because I think it's a great uh, starting point. For she sure. said, look at the Fed's latest H41 statement. They are paying 4.9% on $3.4 trillion on bank reserves. They are paying 4.8% on $2.6 trillion in money market mutual funds parked overnight through reverse repurchase agreements. Just think, the Fed is shelling out... And 
out an annualized $291 billion on $6 trillion in cash to keep it from going into the real economy. It's more than that earns on its own portfolio. The Treasuries is advancing the funds. How much of that interest being paid by the Fed is going to foreign-owned financial institutions? Wow, that's a big one right mm-hmm. in the end. Yeah. Jerry, first of all, you nailed this. You talked to, you said this months and months ago that the Fed was already losing money. I think we were talking about this in the third quarter of last year. That they were headed for, for a losing balance sheet. The balance sheet keeps growing now, right? They're not yeah. papering, yeah. They're, print, they're printing. Now they're losing money, and now I'm going to congratulate myself because I said this before. They could lower interest rates and still print money. So it doesn't matter if you if you unplug the bath if you're going to start put, turning the sink on full full, full tilt, and that's mm-hmm. what they're doing. They they never really they never really quantitative tightened in any sort of way. The they did end up breaking something. <laughs> you know, the pivot's coming. I don't know if they're going to drop rate to zero. The money printing is happening. What are your What are your immediate thoughts on Judy Shelton's tweet? It's just economics 101. You cannot pay more out than what you're making. And that's the this is the biggest problem with the central planners, not just the Federal Reserve. And she's always been a staunch critic of the Federal Reserve, which is why we wanted her vote. We wanted her to get on the, the Fed board and to see some real change in and and gut the Federal Reserve, or if not, end it all. If you can gut in and get people like Judy Shelton in there with her people, then it's a good idea. But this is across the board. What we're seeing globally, central banks are failing. Their jobs is to keep employment up, which they're failing at, and to keep inflation down, which they're also failing out. Now the trifecta of failures, now they're losing money. This is a failed proposition, a failed situation for all of the central planners that are planning our lives, that are planning our interest rates, that are planning our savings, planning the way we work. Because of their policies, we now are forced to work more than eight hours a day. We have to work 12 hours a day, may perhaps work two or three jobs now, Jeremy. This is actually stretching us very thin, and this is all reason. This is the reason why um, what's, what's making it even worse is that the depositors are now worried. So FDIC, which had to cover the SVB and signature banks and, 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 and First Republic issues, the FDIC is now being backstopped now by the Federal Reserve because the Federal, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation does not have enough in their coffers to guarantee all of the depositors out there. So who's coming to the rescue? Shashkari, what's his name? Shashkari from the Federal Reserve Board. He says... Well, we could just Kashkari? print. In, we have, yeah, Kashkari, rather. Thanks. Um, he says we have infinite amount of money to to back up the Federal Res- Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. Well, not in an era where we're seeing de-dollarization, Jeremy. So this is bad news across the board for for every central bank out there. Yeah, I think you know. I think ultimately, the fact that the Fed is paying interest on the money that it's that it's creating itself, and now it's actually losing money. It's not even in a profitable position. How can the, the, the bank that backstops all other banks be in a losing proposition and of any credibility whatsoever? I would be freaked. I would be absolutely freaked. And I guarantee you, many, many major banks in, in the States and across the world are, are freaking out right now. And they're saying, please, 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 just send us some more cash. We need liquidity. We need to keep this thing afloat. They can see it coming to an end. And this just couples beautiful 
closely with what the BRICS are doing because they smell the blood in the water. They know this is coming to an end, and they're making massive, massive moves. I mean, it's just a matter of time before Saudi Arabia joins, but there's more and more there's more and more Countries. nations joining the BRIC, the BRICS, and they're already starting to talk about that they will have um, they will have a, a unifying currency that will most likely be backed. They're saying by multiple commodities. I think it's probably just going to be one. I think they're just flowing the narratives out there right now. Um, mm-hmm. And and right now you're seeing a lot of the of the yuan kind of being the the, the currency. We talked last week. Um, the BRIC nations have already uh, surpassed uh, the states in terms of GDP. That's right. And the, we know where this is data. headed. Yeah. And this is this has got to be a good thing because all of these countries, by the way, are countries that have been subjugated by the states. Remember when we said that the problem with the sanctions on Russia is every other country is going to say, well, if you don't like Russia and you don't want to deal with them and you're going to be short-sighted about your long-term trade partners and you're just going to sanction whoever you feel like sanctioning on any given day because for whatever reason you don't agree with them or you want to put Ukraine into NATO or whatever it is, they're looking at their book saying, well, maybe we need to protect ourselves against that trade partner who could decide on a whim that they're going to sanction us too and, and stop us from being part of the system. Mm-hmm. So I think the, the power shift is, is moving in that direction. Oh, yeah. any, any thoughts or comments on that? You're hitting the nail right on the head, Jeremy. This macro cancel culture happening with the, with the nations, with countries, is exactly what has happened on the micro level with cancel culture here and, and canceling bank accounts. It's causing nations or it's causing people now to seek after uh, a, a parallel economy, a parallel society. And the BRIC nations have created this parallel, parallel, parallel economy and society. And then on the macro scale, started off with the BRIC nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, Saudi Arabia now, and even Mexico said last week that they're interested in joining. And this is going to be a huge heads up. We're in North America. This has to do with us here. The North American Free Trade Agreement, again, renegotiated with Trump. Um, it's going to change. And it's going to have to force the West to look, who are looking out right now on the outside, looking in, to make up their minds. What are they going to do? It's caused a lot of these smaller countries now. The BRIC nations have now bled confidence into the rest of the world. And we're seeing today de-dollarization. There's a, I mentioned last week the Asian nations. The Asian nations from Malaysia, Indonesia are looking to also adopt, um, uh, de-dollarize. And now just today off the, off the press, 18 countries agreed to use the Indian rupee instead of the U.S. dollar for international trade. We have 18 countries, Jeremy, to use the rupee note. This is Botswana, Fiji, Germany, Guyana, Israel, Kenya, Malaysia, Mauritius, Myanmar, New Zealand, Oma, Russia, Seychelles, you name it. It just keeps going on and on. 18 countries. They just gave, gained confidence. You know, you see the trend moving in the right direction. There is confidence. There is peace. There is uh, security. Why wouldn't you want to go in this direction? Absolutely. This is huge news. And it's going to be big, big news for gold moving forward as well. If you want to get some in your portfolio, just have to give us a call. Number one eight seven seven eight silver The website, guildhallwealth.com, supplies are becoming limited. We don't know how long that's going to be, but we're going to talk about the supply demand, gold and silver, in the next segment here on The Real Money Show on AM640. 
You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. We were just talking previously about all the moves the BRICS are making, the de-dollarization and the big issue with the Federal Reserve now being on the losing end. Uh, they are not making money. Um, I want to return to that very quickly, Jerry, because you wanted to add some information to that. And then we'll get into what we're seeing with supply demand because, again, people are freaked. People are concerned. You want to run to the safe haven asset. You want to survive and thrive, and that's going to be using physical gold, physical silver. We're going to talk about that and how it's going to work for people's portfolios so that they can succeed in these massive changes that are happening. But so let's, talk, let's go back to the, the Federal Reserve for a moment. Yeah, we have to because big things are going on. We know that this old system, the, the financial system, is moving away from fiat, and they're backing it up with real resources and real deposits. And the Federal Reserve has a big problem when their system is bleeding money. According to data of the from the Investment Company Institute, uh, it said that the Federal Reserve uh, that the Federal Reserve said depositors withdrew a total of $126 billion from U.S. banks during the week ending March 22nd, with the biggest 25 banks losing $90 billion on a seasonal adjusted basis. What's worse, the total industry deposits have fallen $17.3 trillion, down 4.4% from the same week a year ago, which is the lowest since 2021, and has been declining even before Silicon Valley bank failures, down 5% annually in the fourth quarter. And on the back of this news coming from the Investment Company Institute, it was JP Morgan penned a letter to shareholders this week. Jamie Dimon, in, in summary, told and wrote to the shareholders and investors that the banking issues and the banking system failures has not stopped. It's not over yet. So to prepare and to hedge accordingly was his was his was his um, recommendation. You know, he tends to be pretty obscure and, and mysterious at times with his messaging, Jamie Dimon. But at the, all, at, at the same time, he mixes a lot of truth in with his messaging. This being one, uh, months ago, he talked about a multi-year-long uh, commodities bull cycle coming up, as well as indicating that inflation, which is continuing to ravage the bottom line of com- companies, is going to have an impact on their bottom line as well. Inflation impacts every single industry, every single institution. It doesn't matter if you're in mining or in finance. If shipping costs are going up 40%, diesel's going up, workmen, uh, you know, payrolls are going up, it's going to have an impact negatively on the bottom line. And this is the, the headline of stagflation that is, is, the, is the, my personal focus is this issue of stagflation. Because if the Federal Reserve now is justified and saying, look, we broke stuff. We broke the banks. Uh, we're now losing money. Look, look at our balance sheet. We're losing money. We got to cut rates now. Now they're justified because they were not going to ju- cut, just cut interest rates just like that. They needed a reason. Now they have many reasons to cut interest rates. But when they do, Jeremy, we're going to see inflation like we have never seen before. And I think the CPI and the wherever we, the Bureau of Statistics has to, you know, they'll have to start upping their their um, low ball numbers with with inflation because we're going to see it 
And that is the opportunity for precious metals. You want to be buying and acquiring physical gold and silver while they have a limited of time of interest rate hike cycles or interest rate hikes. They could have one more. Um, and I think that could be it. So this is the time to load up on physical gold and physical silver while we can get it. Because supplies, Jeremy, we're going to get into that. Yeah. Um, so the number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. Um, so your your premise right now is inflation is here to stay. The Fed broke something. They're going to backtrack in some form. Any any raising of rates is. Uh, it doesn't really matter because it's already cooked into the books that they're going to have to reverse course at some point, and they're already printing money. So um, it doesn't matter if you raise raise a quarter point if you're printing like mad, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're mm-hmm. you're, uh, you're kind of undoing what you're trying to do on the other side. It's like saying it's like saying no, 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 no I'm not going to do any more drugs. I'm just going to drink myself into oblivion. <laughs> So, um, but let's talk about the supplies of the metals. So, so obviously, people are going to look at this at the situation, and it's more than just the Fed. It's more than just um, looking at BRICS nations to de-dollarize. It's it's things like CBDCs as well. People are looking for for um, an alternative. They want to be out of the system. They want to be safe. Physical gold, physical silver, actual physical gold and physical silver is has zero counterparty risk. Right. That's right. That is outside the banking system, cannot be touched. It is a place to secure wealth. It, it has been that way for thousands of years. The problem is, is that supplies are quite low. And that is uh, in part a product by the fact that prices are too low. I try to explain that if you had $100,000 to put into precious metals, let's say, as an example, uh, let's say you were buying. I don't know, let's say that was like 2,500 ounces of silver or something like that. If, if the price of silver doubled, then you're buying half as much, which means our inventory doubles. But that's not the case. You're still able to buy silver at $25 an ounce, call it $30, I don't know, but I'm just going to, I'm roughing it, uh, $30 with uh, US an ounce with the premiums, et cetera. But that is so incredibly cheap compared to where it can go against these falling currencies. And if the dollar's worthless, then the metals become absolutely priceless because it's about what you can actually hold in your hand. And that's what we deal with at Guildhall. So very, very quickly, we have run into supply issues. We were loading up through the month of January and February when the prices were coming down. And very, very quickly after the Silicon Valley bank issue and all of these other issues bubbling to the surface now, the market's become very, very tight. Jerry, what, what's been your observations over the last couple of weeks with regard to inventory? Yeah, looking in, looking at what happened in March with the issues with the banking systems failing and banks going under and um, you know issues now with Charles Schwab and further bank issues, people are you know receiving letters now from major banks uh, things are happening behind the scenes regarding and digitizing our bank accounts and realities, negative realities that people just don't like to see what's happening. So it's causing a lot of new buyers, people who have never purchased gold and silver before, but they're seeing now. They're seeing the th- very things that we've been discussing on this show since 2008, uh, you know, dollar devaluation and inflation and geopolitical concerns all mounting at the same time. So it's waking up the mom and pop coming into the coming into the uh, to the office here sitting down with us 
and they're interested in small items. They want to get the the smaller gold silver pieces uh, for the Mad Max scenarios, as we call it, to cover themselves. And when you start seeing now on the whole from the wholesale side that the premiums are starting to go up on smaller increments, that's when you know demand is going up. That's when you know supply is dwindling. And it's bleeding into the other bars now. It's going into the 10-ounce the bars and the kilos. 100-ounce bars still offer the best economy, but most economical, uh, just as liquid as smaller items. You know, it's, it's, it's a preconceived notion that I need smaller pieces to sell, which, you know, you, you may on the street. But if, you know, in the market, the global markets, this market is deep. The global gold and silver markets are disconnected from the financial assets, financial instruments, and they're always traded around the clock in any major economic center without exception you will be liquid with 100 ounce silver bars but as this trend in, you know as this as this trend develops it's going to bleed into the 100 ounce bars eventually and Paul's been warning us to just you know be mindful of inventories and what we're selling uh, we have to remain uh, vigilant and we want to keep our pencil sharp with, with regards to pricing but it's starting to get really, really dicey, really quickly at that in a couple yeah. of weeks, right? Yeah, because so the the way it works is there's a limited supply that can come online every week, every month. And and there's not enough that that the the stockpiles are massive. So so when you run into a crunch like we're seeing now, what happens is is those monthly allocations get get taken out very very quickly, and now you're waiting out a month. And you can only go out, let's say, two months before you can't before it's unreasonable to start saying, "Well, you can buy your gold today, or you can buy your silver, but it's going to take six weeks." So have a little patience with us. What we're doing now is we have to manage inventory, and you have to be able to say. Um, I've got I've got this LBMA approved gold um, one ounce bars, or I have these 100 ounce bars silver as an example. It's not going to be necessarily like you know choose which brand you want. You can have any choice you want um, because that's now becoming limited. Now there it could ease up again. I've seen this happen what three times in the last two three years, Jerry. Maybe four times in the last. This would be the fourth time in the last several years. So it does happen from time to time. And, you know, markets have cooling off periods where, you know, all of a sudden, you know, something might happen and things cool off maybe towards, I don't know, end of spring or early summer. Maybe there's a, a cooling off period and we get to reload. Right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, hey, what are you going to do? You, you need to get into the market and you need to start small, I think, ultimately to give a larger perspective here. Gold and silver are more than relatively speaking, very much undervalued, extremely undervalued, actually, when you start to think about the debts out there and the amount of cash that's being printed out of thin air. So when you think like that, you start to realize, okay, you've got time to crawl, walk, run, because it's important to get comfortable with what you're doing this is very new to many people very new when you're acquiring precious metals for the first time and we always recommend that if you're going to acquire for the first time try to start small try to take delivery 
um, those are great places to start. And then you can build from there where you might decide, okay, I do want to start in the RSP. Mm-hmm. So let's talk, let's talk about the RSP first. I think we should, yeah. Let's get into that. What, Jerry, what makes the vehicle that we offer with physical metal in an RSP so unique to Canadians and different from what anything that, that they can see out there just from doing web searches or whatnot? Mm-hmm. Well, because what we're doing is offering the people the ability to now really hedge against hyperinflationary situations, we have to be very cognizant of whatever asset you're holding, what is it denominated on top of? What currency is it, is it sitting upon? It U.S. dollars, Canadian? When you're buying physical gold and silver, you're acquiring it in your RSP. We offer the ability to have Guildall handle everything for you from the very beginning to opening the account, having that consultation. Opening the account takes a couple minutes. Transfer it over. Transfers take about a week to three, to three weeks on average, and we'll get that money over here. And as soon as it lands, you're then getting physical bars moved over from one side of the vault over to your side of the vault. You get bar numbers serialized. These bars are dedicated, allocated, titled to you, fully insured, way away from the financial digital system. You're undigitizing your wealth. And then you have the ability now to don't take it from us that these bars are there. Go for go audit it yourself. Have a look and make sure that they're there. Cross-reference the bar numbers that we provide to you and ensure your wealth and see it for yourself. If you can hold it, you own it. And you can when you audit, you're holding your own bars. And that's proof in the pudding that they're yours because <laughs> I got to tell you, you're not allowed to go visit my gold at the vault or Jeremy's gold at the vault. These are yours. And that's peace of mind knowing that you have done what you had to do to get your money and your wealth away from any issues and when that time is right you can liquidate pick up the phone give us a call if there's somewhere better to go if the currencies have healed themselves if there's inflation's gone down you want to reinvest somewhere else buy the dow for one to two per to ratio we can get back there uh we have those opportunities so this is the time pick up the phone give us a call one eight seven seven eight silver at the website guildhallwealth.com and uh, this is a family show on AM640. We'll talk more about your retirement accounts versus your wealth might be outside of the registered accounts and as well about the metals market and what's happening with the currencies and how to protect yourself and thrive during these crazy, crazy times. It's a real money show on AM640. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, number one eight seven seven eight silver The website, guildhallwealth.com. We are going to be talking about uh, not just retirement accounts, but also how to handle other ways to protect your wealth. Um, You know, in the last segment, Jerry, we were talking about specifically retirement accounts, um, making sure that you can diversify um, good portions of the portfolio or any portion of the portfolio into some actual physical hard assets, because Mm -hmm. most of the assets in any registered account, any RSP, TFSA, Lira, Lyft, RIF, et cetera, is is going to be equity form. It's going to be digitized, as you said, but... What we're offering is the ability to take those registered accounts, which are retirement accounts, and put them into physical product held in a vault facility outside the banking system. So it doesn't get safer. 
You know, Questrade is insured by the Canadian Insurance Protection Fund. The product at the vault itself is insured, um, backed by Lloyds of London. And obviously, it's a secure facility as well, not a financial institution, literally just a vault. Like, you know, That's right. if you think like Wild Wild West, the way it was exactly. done, um, you know, uh, in the past, it's, it's actually a physical asset. Another, so outside of the registered accounts, um, some of the ways that we can protect wealth is, besides precious metals is, of course, natural fancy colored diamonds. Now, these are extremely rare assets. When you think about regular white diamonds, they're not that rare. They're luxury items for sure. But you could walk into any jewelry store anywhere in the world and buy the exact same thing. That's a luxury item. That's not a rare, that's not a rare item. Right. If I can go into any luxury store and buy the same wallet anywhere around the world, even if it's very, very expensive, it doesn't necessarily make it rare. It makes it a luxury item. And we're not always the same. But with a natural fancy diamond, they are very rare. So the, the way it works is for every 10,000 white diamonds, there's one color diamond. Now, that doesn't make it rare, <laughs> and that doesn't make it special. You'd have to go to one-tenth of one percent to get up to a place where it becomes an investment grade color diamond. And that's what we're looking at, investment grade color diamonds. So what does that mean? It means that if we're looking at a yellow diamond, which is, I would say, on the entry level side of color diamonds, you know, blue, reds are being, you know, a one carat blue, you're probably gonna be into the one and a half million range um, for good for good clarity, but let's say on a yellow, you know, a vivid yellow is probably going to be in the fifty thousand dollar range Canadian, and in the most popular cuts, you're going to see less than forty, less than thirty of these type of diamonds coming to market every year. Now, if you were to move over to a pink diamond of high quality, we we're talking good color, really good clarity. Some of the diamonds that we have, some of these diamonds, they don't even come out a year, in, in one year. You might have to wait two or three years to see something similar come to market. Now, between 2003 and 2013, I believe 2015, the pink diamond market went up over 300%. Now, the market has never dropped. Never. These, these diamonds don't lose value ever. They could plateau and then they can move up. But the rarity means that there's always a floor to the market. So when we're looking at natural fancy color diamonds, they become an incredible place to store wealth. And the best part is, is it is, uh, they're so small mm -hmm. <laughs> that mm -hmm. it's concentrated wealth. You can hold a house in the palm of your hand. Okay? That's right. You know, as, we, as 2023 is unfolding, the decision to move away into hard assets like precious metals and a natural fancy color diamond from Guildhall looks smarter by the day because with hard assets, traditionally, they offer, and pink diamonds as well, and yellow, vivid yellows offer investors a number of benefits that you mentioned because of the rarity factor. We're talking if you're looking for safety from market turmoil or protection from inflation, minimal volatility, and a reliable long-term returns and security that we're all looking for, then finding out and getting in touch with Guildhall to find out how, what makes an investment-grade stone, 
and how to acquire it the right way. So with Guildhall, we have a diamond discovery session to understand how you can get a colored diamond as a part of a diversified hard asset portfolio. We focus on three key areas. What are the benefits of natural fancy colored diamonds from Guildhall? What can it bring to my investment portfolio? Number two, what to look for. We take the guesswork out of it because we have acquired these diamonds already. We have bought them. We're, we're, the skin is, we're, our skin is in the game. So what to look for when buying an investment-grade diamond? And thirdly, how to invest with Guildhall Solution. Our Guildhall Solution, we take the guesswork out. You will be a winner in this market. And we look forward to meeting with you and showing you how you too can invest and grow wealth for the long term in a natural fancy color diamond. We have a few Argyle pink diamonds left to look at. Your price point in and around the $50,000 mark. If you have a $200,000 budget, you need to get a pink diamond in your portfolio. You need to get at least a vivid diamond in your portfolio because this is a well-balanced, diversified, hard asset portfolio that us, the Guildhall the professionals, we'd be more than happy and thrilled to help you, um, you and your family out and to, to make the best decision for yourself. Jeremy. Yeah, you know, there's people are concerned about uh, wealth confiscation. Our, our wealth is being confiscated every day through taxation and inflation um, in so many different ways. And sometimes people are also concerned about that kind of physical confiscation. Like, what if there's freezes on the bank? What if they have no redemptions on certain funds and things like this? When it comes to saying, I want to be able to hold my wealth in my hand, be able to pass it down generation to generation, knowing that, the, that these assets only continue to rise over time, it's definitely something to consider as part of the overall wealth and the overall portfolio. So give us a call. The number is 1-877-8-SILVER, the website, guildhallwealth.com. Let's get back to the metals. Very exciting market as well. But we wanted to present that not just a, a luxury item, but a rare item, because the concentrated wealth aspect of the natural fancy colored diamond makes it so great as a overall portfolio and holding that wealth. And I think given that, inflation has reared its ugly head, I think that that makes this market an opportune time to get in because the last time we saw that type of inflationary mode really took off. So give us a call. It's The Real Money Show on AM640. We'll be right back. Much more to come. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Jerry, um, very quick week in, in metals. It's been a very fast uprise in the precious metals as well. I'm always fascinated, by the way, to see how right before something major happens, there's always a push down in gold and silver. Um, obviously, central banks continue to be net buyers of physical gold as well. This is part of a big movement with the BRICS nations. And they're already starting to talk about coming out with a new currency that they'll all sh that they will all share. And I think that that's more. I think that in some ways is a great evolution to what the, the United States did with Bretton Woods, because instead of it just being one nation that that holds that currency and everyone has to join in on that one country leading, it's now a bunch of countries agreeing 
to use a single currency. And that's why right now you see some of these trade deals are saying, yes, we'll use the, the yuan. Others are saying, yes, we're happy to use the renminbi. Uh, the renminbi. Others are saying, well, well, we can use our own currency, right? So there's a real yeah. equality, you know, uh, yes. which is, which is a, 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 a part of the de rigueur uh, vocabulary today, right? Um, there's diverse, diversity and equality. It's got everything that you're looking for. Um, so on the one hand, these are really, really positive developments. It's got me very, very excited for the future because I really think my own thesis, I, I, I think, would be that, that the United States, countries like Canada, they're probably going to have to join the BRICS at some point. They're going to concede and say, yes, we want to be part of that. And the world will keep ticking. You know, there was a point where the British, um, you know, uh, the British pound was the world's reserve currency and it moved over to the United States and the world kept going forward. You know, it's fine. The question is, is you don't want to end up with a situation like we had when, when they went to the euro where you end up losing on that exchange. So gold and silver become a great bridge in that in that in that way, right? Right. Um, so, so I think the BRICS is a good positive development. But on the other hand, we've got some negative developments that we really need to protect against, and that's that's the banks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the trends. I mean, there's so many trends to follow, and one of the trends is this outflow of of. You know what Norio Rubini has been focused on, and is this bank run issue? It's when a large number of customers of a bank or other financial institutions they withdraw their deposits at the same time over fears about the bank's solvency, and that's the big word of the week: solvency. As more people withdraw their funds, the probability of a default increases, which in turns can cause more people to withdraw their deposits. And this is the issue when we have a global banking. The global banking system that we have here is fractional reserve banking. The bank always needs to have a, a, a specific or a percentage of deposits on, on hand, um, and then they can invest and roll the dice with the rest of our deposits, potentially losing money on those investments. But when we want to get our money back, if you deposit of $100 and you want to take $90 back or your, or your, your money, get your money back, um, they'll have to take it from, from Bill. And then when Bill wants to take his money out, they have to take it from, from Carl. And then the, the cascading effect happens. This is the, the definition of a bank run. And that's a trend. And what has, what has culminated since then is this trend of short sellers, Jeremy. Hedge funds are now shorting bank stocks and made a total of $7.25 billion in unrealized profit over the last month. So they're betting on this horrible situation. And they're betting on banks to fail, including major banks up here in Canada, including one of the largest lenders in Canada. I actually took a call in one of, from one of my clients. He's a mortgage broker, and he's really worried about this in this situation. And it's causing people to, you know, again, hedge away from the counterparty risk. Remove yourself and remove your funds away from any potentials. And this is what gold offers. It offers that ability to carry on. You know, he who has the gold makes the rules. You're never cornered. You can always pivot into another currency if there's an issue. So this is big, you know, big data trends now. We have the numbers in front of us. Um, a lot of short positions betting against the, the banks, Jeremy. What are, your, what are your thoughts on this? And if you heard any of your clients worried about it? I, I haven't heard about that. that was, that's new to me. Um, not 
it's not surprising that given the state of the financial system, and we know that even in 2008, um, you know, some of the Canadian banks weren't weren't um, weren't as good as we thought they were behind the scenes. So it's not it's not um, to me it, it's not out of the realm of possibility. So it doesn't it doesn't surprise me. I just think that overall people have to be thinking about ways to protect wealth. And I think that when you look at physical gold, physical silver, they're still so uh, inexpensive, undervalued compared to where they could definitely be with even just a, a little bit more participation, just a small percentage, single digit participation in the market of where the prices could go. And as well, like when the BRICS decide we've acquired enough to create this second currency, they could let the price just skyrocket from there. And also, mm-hmm. when you start to revalue gold, what's happening in effect is you're devaluing the currency. And so that's another reason to be in the gold and silver market. And silver will take off as gold becomes even more expensive. Um, you know, at $2,000 now, gold is not expensive against the, the currencies. But at $5,000 now, which we're not expecting this year, it could take a few years to get there. But at that point as well, I think the, the, where silver could go is going to be just tremendous. So not only does it offer the ability to protect wealth, but there's also the ability to gain wealth in these type of environments. And that's a wealth transfer. And that's where you're going to sur- not just survive, but also thrive. So there's a call. The number is one silver website, guildhallwealth.com. Jerry, got about 30 seconds. Any, any uh, final thoughts for the week? latest book coming out from Mike Maloney's new book, The Great Gold and Silver Rush of the 21st Century, makes some important calculations. Check that out. Silver's future price based on the above scenario of stagflation. $900 silver. This formula shows triple-digit silver baked into the cake. You want to get a part of it. You want to get this cake in your portfolio. You want to get silver and multiply what you have in your accounts. Multiply and thrive. You're not just surviving. You're going to grow your wealth and profit during these uncertain times. So get in touch with Guildhall. We look forward to it. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver The website, guildhallwealth.com. It's been Real Money Show. That's it. That's it for the week. Thank you so much for everyone listening. We look forward to speaking with you again next week on The Real Money Show on AM640. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.